Ghost Adventures is the sole property of the Ghost Adventures crew and Scripps LLC. We're not in any way affiliated with any of them, we just like watching them do their thing. So if you like Ghost Adventures too, support the crew in the Travel Channel. Also, this podcast has profanity in it, so take whatever precautions you feel are necessary. Welcome to another episode of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures, and as it turns out, some, like, Ghost Adventures-adjacent material. My name's Max. I'm Cassie. Should I say my name? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm also Uh. Max. This might be a little confusing. Um... There's there's a special guest here today. My name is Max Kostrak, and I have also watched the film. Yes. Uh, this is kind of a very special episode of Insanely Haunted because the the material we're discussing today is not an episode of Ghost Adventures, but rather a documentary film made by Zach Bagans called Demon House. And let's get yes. this out of the way real quick. This is a cursed documentary. This is not an yeah. ordinary documentary. Yeah. In fact, they warn you about this uh, many, many, many times throughout the film that this is a cursed movie. And there's even like a splash page at the very beginning that says that ghosts are able to come through electronic devices. So watching this might make you haunted. Yeah, I didn't know that about ghosts. So I feel like I've actually learned quite a bit already from Zach. And, you know, uh, Max woke up this morning with some bruises on his Mm -hmm. arm, which couldn't at all be related to the fact that we went to a trampoline park last night. Uh, it's most likely demons. Can we? It's can we funny just... that you say that because I also woke up with an injury this morning. My butt muscles hurt a lot, and <laughs> I, I don't want to. That's not a joke. Legitimately, all day my glutes have been in in some serious pain, and I think it's 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 ghost remnants. Okay. Because you're like running from the ghosts in your dreams, maybe. Probably, and yeah. Get building up that. You're like one acid. of those dogs that are like running in their sleep. That's true. I'm a sleep runner. <laughs> and then you smash into the wall. Can I say we watch? We were we were watching TV last night. We watch Hulu. Um, uh, we don't have cable or anything, but sometimes the ads that come on are totally insane, and they're advertising this thing on Hulu now called Bell Samara, which. First of all, uh, phonetically very similar to the ancient evil chaos god Belshamaroth from uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, but that's beside the point. Nice. Uh, there, one of the side effects of Belsamara is that you may do things like walking, talking, eating, driving I while you're asleep. I have seen this too. I know what you're talking about. And wow, is it scary. That's horrifying that you w- and you don't remember it the next day. I feel day. like the negatives outweigh the positives. Yeah, because it's a sleepy time drug. It's a it's a, I, I can't actually, sleep drug. You know how they legally have to list all those side effects. Yeah. I would like it because they always try to offset it by showing people doing really peaceful things while they list yeah. them. I feel like yeah. the commercials would be a lot more effective if they showed video of all the side effects alongside yeah. them <laughs> describing it. It's like a, the person spends yeah. five hundred dollars on Amazon.com in their sleep on like. <laughs> Dumb shit. Uh, So anyway, this movie that we watched, uh, it's called Demon House. It came out this weekend, I think. Um, We got it on iTunes. I watched it on YouTube. Yeah. So I got the comment section. 
Uh, can we actually just go over some of those comments real quick before Absolutely, we even get started? Absolutely, yeah. Let's pull some of those up because there were some real golden glittering gems hidden in there. Um, let me let me pop these open real quick. Here's one from Debbie Wilson at uh, 21 likes on this comment. Damn, look how delicious Zach looks. Yeah, this is something I dug into because I started s- searching for um, Demon House on Twitter, and it turns out Zach does have a bit of a thirsty following. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He does. Oh yeah. We've documented this. He um he has like a, a a fan base that is quite large and as far as I can tell, unironic in its appreciation of him. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a magic part of the whole experience. Uh, here's a comment from Jennifer Ald. Poor Jay. Zach, I pray for you. You're on a slippery slope. I know I used to as well. I'm a biblical demonologist over two decades. They eventually <laughs> get you. Uh, I say this because I worry about you guys. All comes from concern in the heart. And there's a <laughs> there's a reply from Puppet Master that says, Jennifer Ald, can I get your email address? <laughs> Text me. <laughs> I like this one by Anthony Castro. Oh, hell yeah. I'm only seven years old. I think I should not watch this. Be who the heck cares? <laughs> uh, I'm glad I prayed. I usually never have nor feel the need to, but in this instance, I just needed to. From Abby. So, needless to say, the film uh, has affected some people already, uh, despite the fact that it's only been out for a week or so. By the way, y'all should read the uh, rot- uh What was the critic that you read yesterday? Oh my God! The New York Times did a review of this movie and just glowing. It. I'm assuming. Uh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy says stuff like, um, uh, "Oh man, I can't remember it." It's just like super, super harsh. And then the the RogerEbert.com review is also extremely harsh. I did see that. Did you see? He did get a good review from Playboy, though. (laughs) Not joking. For real, he links it on his Twitter. (laughs) One one, uh, one critique that we noticed that came up again and again. Actually, two. One is that... The movie is fucking long as shit. It's too long. It's for, way too long. For the, Hour and a half. For the amount of stuff that happens, it is way too long. And then the second thing is um, that a lot of it just seems like it could be staged. There's very little like corroborating evidence for any of the more extreme stuff that happens in the film, um, which we'll get into later. But yeah, th- here's one of my like sort of bedrock theories for what's all going on here, which is, and, and let's talk about the premise of this film, which is Zach Baggins buys a house over the phone, and that <laughs> now he... he has to spend a very long time justifying that purchase. <laughs> yes. Apparently, it cost him $35,000, which for a house is not expensive at all. It's actually super cheap. It's, uh, but, it's the ghost discount. It's the demon discount. But Zach Bagans just had $35,000 to throw away. That's another That's, thing that some yeah. of the reviews have mentioned. It's like, this guy has so much money, and it's kind of hard to believe he has this much money just watching this movie. Like, if you had no exposure to Zach Bagans or Ghost Adventures, you might watch this movie and go, how? Who let how him do what? this? Well, yeah. actually, I wasn't confused at all, because he does drop his credentials right at the start of the film. <laughs> yes, he, he does. He talks about how he's investigated over 1,000 hauntings. He name drops his TV show and the Travel Channel a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's one of the leading researchers. 
boy, the word researchers is doing a lot of <laughs> hard work in that sense. Yeah. However, he follows it up and completely dis- like demolishes all that credit he built up with one of my new favorite lines. And I think just the, my one of my favorite moments in this whole movie is when he just says, this is the case that really fucked me up. <laughs> and with Hearing that. Zach drop that F-bomb really shook me. I know, I was shocked. So many F-bombs in this movie, it's he kind of bizarre. He never swears on his TV show. Oh no, he, he swears can. all the time, they just have to Well, okay, it. he does, but they always bleep it out. Oh. So I've never, I've never heard Zach say the dirty word. The fuck word? Yeah. Well, with that, let's just go ahead and dive right in. Um, you know this, we've, we've explained the premise, he bought this stupid house. So it's- apparently this house is supposed to be extremely possessed with demons. 200 so, demons. 200 <laughs> demons. And so Zach decides to purchase it uh, because he wants to have fun with it, I guess. Uh, and, and and just to give you long story short, because we are going to get into all the details, it was so haunted and through his terrible experience uh, investigating this place, and how the effect it had on other people, he decided to have it demolished. He spoiler does, alert, by the way, for anybody spoiler who does alert. want to see the movie. He <laughs> demolishes you, it at the end. <laughs> but I think if you are a fan of ghost, if you're a fan of Ghost Adventures, you've heard the whole story and, by now. And also, that is exactly his brand of drama: <laughs> is demolishing this house because it's too spooky to exist anymore. But then, like, oh god, yeah, we'll get into it. Um, so Cassie pointed out while we were watching this, Max, have you seen the film What We Do in the Shadows? I have not. Oh my God, dude, it's your flavor, first of all. It's, okay, it's well, really good. To my list. Okay, for you guys, just so you know, this movie is about a clan of vampires of various sorts that are modeled after fictional vampires in many popular movies. Uh, this clan of vampires lives in an apartment flat in modern day New Zealand. I love it. Yeah, and it's a it's a like um Christopher Guest style mockumentary about this group of vampires living together and it's fucking hilarious. This this does sound amazing. Yeah, it it's, is. It's a, it's like a monthly watch for me. I feel yeah. like I can never get tired of it. But the intro to this film bears remarkable resemblance to the intro to what we do in the shadows. <laughs> um Zach tells us about this dream he had uh where he encountered a goat man who specifically was exactly 12 feet tall and blew a bunch of black smoke into Zach's mouth and then he woke up and felt bad. Felt Max, Ill. I gotta interrupt you. You're, you're missing out a crucial piece of his oh, no. dream puzzle that I want to okay. zero in on, which is he starts out describing this dream by talking about the fact that he is a spirit in this dream. Oh, and yes, hanging out with other spirits. Oh, yeah. Throwing stuff around. So yeah. he's a ghost that gets haunted. <laughs> also, I just want to I just want to say who knew that Satan vaped? Oh man. <laughs> who knew? And a special brand too. It's probably called Black Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um So he I wonder what it smells like if it's like blackberry. <laughs> it smells like whatever Zach whatever brand Zach wears. Yeah. This is also when well, Zach says would... my uh, one of my favorite lines in this which is i knew that some serious uh, that was some serious shit that meant that something meant something <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he buys the house as he said sight unseen as we've mentioned he just heard about all this haunting and was like i'm buying it um he got in contact with a psychic 
while he was down there doing his first... No, he didn't get in contact with them. They got in contact with him. Okay. <laughs> because they had heard that he had bought the house and were like, oh my God. Now, th- what... What clues Zach in is that this psychic is corroborating his demon story with a demon story of their own. They, too, saw a 12-foot-tall, exactly 12-foot-tall goat man. Um, Which was, I believe, 8 out of 10 on the demonic scale? On the demonic scale, right below Satan himself, yes. Via text. So that's that's an interesting... Right below Satan? Does that mean Satan is a 9 out of 10? Yes. (laughs) Who's 10? Who's 10? (laughs) Uh, turns out Gary Coleman. Ah, I knew it. Turns out. Um, so, oh man. So Zach tries to track down the the owner of this home, the person, the the final person who sold this home to to, to sort of it's the cleanse Ammons their life family, of it. right? Yeah, and he tracks them down using. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Details. Sure, sure, sure. Context. He had been in contact with this lady who used to live there with her family. Um, and she said that she was interested in working with them. And then all of a sudden he says that he stopped receiving contact from her. She wouldn't answer his calls. Yeah. So obviously a normal person would gather, hmm, this person no longer wants to talk to me. Okay. But remember, <laughs> Zach is a ghost hunter. So when someone ghosts on him, he just digs He has in. to hunt him down. Yeah. Uh- and what he does is the most stalkery shit on the planet. He looks up a YouTube video of an interview with her where she's standing outside of her home. And not even related to this story. This yeah. is like a news thing about mold in the house. That was some P.I. Which, by stuff. The way, which, by the way, is an important thing to remember. Little, Put a little pin in that. In mold in the, the house? The mold in the house thing. Um, so he sees the house number of the the place where she is living in this interview and then tracks her down from the video of that interview and shows up at her home. Yikes. Unannounced, (laughs) unwelcome. (laughs) And when he knocks on the door and asks to meet with her, they of course say no. No, we don't want to. And we find out that the reason is there's like a movie crew, another movie crew. Yeah, it's kind of actually weird that they don't right away say what the reason was and wait for this reveal later in the documentary. Yeah. Because um, it looks like the they're just... the reason they give us originally is that they they said no because Zach had already been in the house and he had brought spirits with him. I think that was when he was... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that they're afraid that if he comes into the house, if they talk to him, the spirits will come back into their family again. Yeah. Um. Now, we do hear from LaToya's brother... Who comes out to talk who, to them. Who does come out to talk to them. At a great he, cost. Oh, great, great cost for, for Kevin, I think his name they was. They fucking kick him out of the house when he comes back because they think that he's brought back evil spirits with him from Zach. So Zach has contributed to the collapse of this family <laughs> because he couldn't acknowledge the fact that they didn't want to talk to him. <laughs> he's the most selfish prick. Uh, but to re- sort of recount what uh, what Latoya's brother tells Zach, it, it turns out there was all of this stuff, um, all of this stuff with the kids, Latoya's children uh, acting weird. And apparently, um, it's it's supported by Child Protective Service reports and police reports. Yeah, that they were now getting really serious. aggressive. Now, that's, I I feel like that's pretty. 
interesting that the police and child protective services are corroborating exactly what these people are telling us. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty dangerous precedent for the police to set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to sort of look into the ghosts ghost and that did kind of it. Thing. Yeah. Like there could be something more serious happening in this household that they shouldn't be pl- putting blame the blame on demons like not not I'm not in I don't know. Like, are you saying we don't know. you don't think the demons are real? <laughs> careful, careful with that kind of sentence. Just, just uh, the, the, my point is that so many times in ghost hunting activities, especially ghost adventures, example, ghost adventures, people exhibit some serious health concerns. That they blame on demons rather than going to a doctor and, you know, actually getting diagnosed with like something. Like the time Aaron has a small heart attack during a lockdown. Yeah. And they're just like, tough it out. And they're like, oh, it's the demons. It's like, Get no, well, it. that might be congenital heart failure. You know, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, just constantly blaming, like, real life, probably real life stuff on the supernatural. That's archaic, like lifestyle we have like medicine and stuff now that's what people used to do because they had no actual medical scientific explanations for the things that were going on with their bodies that's why we thought that people became vampires after they were dead and you know it's just like come on actually take care of yourselves regardless sorry soapbox how about um how about those reenactments Oh, oh my favorite part of the movie, hands down. Yeah. So we get a lot of reenactments of these children experiencing these hauntings, and they are about as surfacey as you might expect with with regards to like the Hollywood interpretation of what being haunted and being possessed looks like. And even before uh, that, I want to jump in. Just I want to zoom in on one very specific moment, which is them sitting uh, in the house playing video games. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. very much CSI, like... What do video games sound like? I don't know. Let's put the the fakest, most like obvious <laughs> noises over this scene. Kind of took all of the the horror out of what they were trying to establish. Yeah. Now the one story that they want you to notice the most is about this kid who supposedly walks backward up a wall in the hospital. We see this and shot this- like thirty times throughout the film. Yeah. And and of course this is the one that CPS and um and hospital staff corroborate. They say, "Yeah, we saw that happen." Um and we talked to some all other cops who were there who came by to check on the home for other incidents who say that the the home was creepy. Mm-hmm. The the reason why child protective services came over so much and the cops were involved was because the kids weren't going to school. Huh, Which, that seems like a legitimate reason for them to show up. Yeah. Um, it wasn't because of demons. It was because it's something truancy. Well, something was happening with the family, and they wanted to make sure that everyone was all right. Now, to their credit, I will say these CPS workers that we talked to seem like seem like generally amicable folks. Yeah. And, and the family seems to put a good foot forward for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I will say that the CPS people did seem great. There's one moment that gave me pause, which is the CPS manager, I think it was Valerie, uh, they asked, what did you do when the, when the kid ran backwards up the wall? And her exact quote is, 
I left them, and then she laughs. <laughs> That's a little questionable. Yeah. Um, we we learn from a bunch of cops who have been here that uh, there is some weird stuff in the home. Uh, particularly, there's an unfinished patch of dirt in the basement underneath the stair the stairway. Which, by the way, if you want to see the stairway, good news for you, it was not demolished with the rest of the house. It's Zach actually. Kept it. In his haunted haunted items museum in Las Vegas right now. As well as uh, I know he did also keep the dirt, yes. the dirt, yeah, and dirt. then I think a little table with those little Some crucifixes. crucifixes on them. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a table in the basement that just has a candle and some crucifixes on it. And then there's like a little uh, very little, normal decoration, little pan with a candle on it beneath the stairwell. Yeah, and they talk about digging up. Uh, some underwear, some socks, a fake nail, a fake nail, and a home garbage essentially. <laughs> things that usually like fall down into basements or fall down when you're taking your laundry downstairs, or you know. Yeah, I, I really thought they were gonna find a skull or something. It was kind of anticlimactic. I was like, like oh, we're gonna find a body. <laughs> nope. No, here's a comb. So here, the next sort of haunting evidence that we get of something going on in this home is one that was really stuck in my craw, which was condensation forming on on the blinds. Which they kept calling oil. Yeah. Well, yeah. It kept appearing from the middle. Yeah. Okay. Which, um, which is interesting because I'm not sure how that's... That's relevant, relevant to anything. Yeah. Or that, how that's a, a signal that the it's... blinds that kept getting dirty. <laughs> and so the CPS agent, uh, supposedly her hand turned white after touching the oil. I love this moment. They show it. a picture of a regular hand that has not turned white. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Very it's normal still looking blushed hand. with in blood case, inside. <laughs> in case you forgot what a hand looks like. Yeah. Um... Oh shit! Yes, and this this is after we've already been introduced to another one of the central characters of this narrative, Father Magino. Oh, who yeah, is, this guy. He is definitely not actually a Catholic priest. Yeah, because well, the, they never said what church he belonged to. No, but it looks very Catholic. Well, he does do something pretty officially Catholic, which is he formally requests permission to perform an exorcism from the bishop. <laughs> And they show the form. <laughs> I just love that. I love and, the and fact I, that a priest is not allowed to just perform an exorcism. And if we seem like we're kind of jumping around a lot, that's how this movie is edited. It really oh, is. yeah. It was hard for me to take notes on this thing because yeah. just boom, 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 boom. This is happening. Now this is happening. Now do you remember this thing that was 20 minutes ago? We're doing that again. Yeah. Um, so Zach isn't totally convinced yet, and he wants to do an investigation, a ghost adventure style lockdown investigation of this place. Mika is another figure who, who is recurring in this film. She is another former tenant of this building, and there's this whole long, impossible to discern history of who's lived in this home and who has not. And she, you know, magically appears on the road. On kind of a coincidence, car. huh? Yeah, hmm. Uh, rolls down her window, says, I used to live there, which she did. Um, and she's got some kids with her. Yeah, she has three kids, just like LaToya. Um, and she, like, right there on the spot, offers to take all of, all of them into the home with Zach to show him around and talk about their experiences there. Um, and it's, I mean, it's some real shit. Like, her brother lived in the basement and he died. He ended up getting shot. 
It was it in the house or outside? Somewhere I don't else? think it was in the house. Okay. We got to talk about about this basement a little bit. This is where a lot of this yeah. the central madness stems from. Yeah. And Mika says that she has never gone into the basement before. Yeah. But her That's brother lived there. That's yeah. interesting. So did she just sort of let him have free reign of the basement while he was living there, I guess? Yeah. Well, that's also just a weird family dynamic. It is. I want to zero in on one other thing. Um, Zach, as the director of this film, made some interesting choices with his shots. There's a couple of really good shots where um, we're like describing something spooky and we're centered in on the kitchen and there's a shot of the kitchen. And it's very much undercut by the fact that Every time they show the kitchen, there are several um, cartoon Italian chef decals above the doors. Oh, yes. That say, like, what? good eats. And yes, you didn't notice these? I did not. Yeah. They're still in the home after everyone's moved out is the is my favorite part of it. Like <laughs> It's like a part of the house. When okay. you buy the house, you buy the Italian chef decals. Okay. Um, and, and we also... Uh... Oh, man. God, there's just so much. I'm losing my way because of how badly this film was put together. Oh, so the the family goes into the house with Zach. Uh, she shows Zach where her bedroom was, talks about the basement where her brother was, and goes down with Zach for apparently the first time ever in her yeah. life. Um, while she's there, her kids start getting a little paranoid. She's got yeah. A, she's got a, a boy who is asking, like, you know, um, something about like, am I going to be okay? Are the demons going to follow me home? And then there's the older, I think she has two daughters, right? She has two daughters, yeah. yeah. And the, the older, older one, one is kind of looking out of it and spacey and uh, also concerned as well. Um, and Zach, I, whenever there's something that he's going to come back to, he puts emphasis on, on, on the focus of the film. And he just spends a long time looking at the daughter, kind of spacing out. And right then I knew, oh, okay, something's going to happen back. with her. Yeah. This is also, he, he has this really great um, editing technique where when somebody says something that is definitely either going to come back later or has any sort of punch to it, he freeze frames on them for about yes. 10 seconds. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Love that. So fun. Yeah. Great, great in television, not so compelling for a film. Yeah, yeah. I do want to stop and say for a minute, this did feel like an extra long episode of Ghost Adventures. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but one in which the lockdown was like 15 minutes. Yeah, they kind of built to this lockdown and didn't do much with it. No. Nope. So later after Mika and her family leave, um, and we, you know, there's all this ominous shit about her kids, Zach apparently has an altercation with Jay in the home, Jay Wosley, who you may recognize from Ghost Adventures. I don't necessarily buy it because we don't have audio of it and because there's no context i have a feeling zach just got mad what if like zach farted and jay like laughed at him and he's like trying to blame it on someone else it wasn't me i did a ghost um there was also this weird bit that he left in the movie that was really unnecessary where he gets threatened by another movie executive oh yeah like that had nothing like there's nothing to do. It adds nothing to the story except tell us you, your personal dirty business. Yeah, and a producer of another film that he refuses to name uh, apparently called him and tried to hassle him about 
making this movie because they had the rights to make a movie mm-hmm. about this. Zach it does is- respond by saying, don't bully me around. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes again. Zach hates bullies. He hates it's bullies, true. even though he kind of is one or he really is one. Um, so the cops, apparently, we, we, we keep coming back to interviews with police officers throughout this whole film. They are apparently so freaked out by this house that they don't even read re- reports mm-hmm. about previous things that have happened here. Like, yeah, they, they're, they're spooked. So- I mean, they say there's a five-page report on the house that they won't even read. They won't go wow. near the house when it apparently someone tried to break in. Yes! Yes, this they happens during the movie. It. During the documentary, Zach answers... Uh, a, a call about someone breaking into his house and then he arrives and the police officers are there and, and they're, they're they, like we don't want to go in yeah we're not going to go in <laughs> like, yeah there's one major character in this movie that is I think it's is it Captain Austin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and he very much believes in ghosts and demons oh yeah and, but you never really hear from any of the other cops he's you? like ghost cop yeah he guy. is the, yeah. the cop representative of this movie yeah, and I think it's because he was the guy willing to talk about it. Yes. Well, we also get uh, Zach tries to talk to some of the people who are like staying in the house and in, in the in between time between, during its vacancy. During its vacancy, uh, the squatters, um, as he called them. Right. It's just really <laughs> super sensitive word. Um, kind of uh, another, one of those moments that shouldn't have been included in the movie. Like Zach, <laughs> yeah. this didn't go anywhere. Why did you have ten minutes dedicated to this? It's this, and. Uh, in unintelligible to... conversation with the squatter. <laughs> and another convincing uh, demonstration of how creepy Zach is as a person. Because um, the guys are like, the, the there's two people, a man and a woman. And the woman says, these people just got paid off to make up this big story so that they could have this movie deal. And that she hasn't experienced anything while she's been there. And then Zach says that he gave money to her fiance <laughs> and he started telling them about ghost experiences. <laughs> and he doesn't realize the irony in this situation. <laughs> it's like incredible to me. <laughs> um, So, you know, obviously mold is an issue in this area. Yeah. Uh, and it is mentioned that there is black mold in this house. Like I mentioned earlier that in uh, Latoya's hmm. new house, there's been a mold problem. Well, there's also a mold problem in this house. Um, specifically, the mold is in the attic. Um, but black mold is no joke. And no. you don't want to be breathing it in. Yeah, that can be that can really mess you up. And if you are uh, if you're renting and you have black mold and your landlord isn't doing anything about it. That's kind of a legal situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, we had, I lived in a house that had really bad black mold. And is this um, the Masonic Temple? No, this was a different one. Um, Cassie lived in a creepy Masonic Temple for I a did, while. Cool as hell. It was built in the 1800s. It was in Haddonfield, New Jersey, and it was really creepy. Um, we had squirrels in the walls, so it sounded like <laughs> sounded like, <laughs> such a weird infestation to have. <laughs> it sounded like there were ghosts all the time. That's amazing. Um, oh. I'm so and my jealous. Mom fed the, my mom fed the squirrels too, so that probably didn't help. No, with our of course not. Wouldn't, wouldn't help. <laughs> they yeah, would literally, one. they would literally run up the fire escape at the back and tap on our window. <laughs> I can hear your mom um, in my head being oh like, God. here you go. Here you go. Here's your seats. <laughs> um, 
I also lived in a house that looked like pretty much looked like the demon house, to be honest. Oh, cool. And it also was in Indiana. And our landlady was crazy. And um, when we confronted her about the black mold, because she wouldn't do anything about oh, it. Oh, shit. We had a mold inspector come and make it like a little, you know, documentation of what he found. Because otherwise, what are you going to do? Uh, she told us to move out. Uh, like immediately so mm-hmm. we did and then a few like a month later the house mysteriously burnt down oh, <laughs> that's amazing i know <laughs> yeah so getting back to the film uh we're entering into a stage of the movie that is all about um the bad effects this house has had on all the people who don't live there but who have just become involved with the people who live there i call this uh, section the coincidence list <laughs> yes, the big coincidence list. So we talked to CPS agent number one, Miss Washington. She tells us about how she had to go get therapy. She moved out of Gary, Indiana because it was so uh, traumatic. And that this was like a big, this particular case was a big reason that she had to move. But she also talks about how like she was dealing with probably the darkest stuff you can possibly deal with as a CPS worker. Because she dealt with a lot of like fatalities, child fatalities, which is... Extremely well, rough, a, and I... As they talk about later in the film, this is a very high poverty area. One-third of the population is in poverty, Oof. and it is one of the highest murder rates. Like, working CPS in this area has got to be harrowing. And, yeah. you know, my sympathy goes out to anybody who is fighting the good fight there. Yeah, including the police force. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. So she's at a loss for words to explain what happened with the family there, um... We learn that the other CPS worker who came there, who touched the blinds and uh, experienced normal hand syndrome. Experienced white hand. uh, (laughs) We learn, we get this really crazy list of things that has happened to her that I love. Um, Number one, she broke through. We don't love that all these bad things happen to her. But this this woman lives a a pretty wild life uh, because she broke three ribs on a jet ski, (laughs) burned her leg on a motorcycle. Broke Sounds a like hand. she's just living a radical life. Yeah, dude, this lady's just living her best life. Like, we can't criticize this. She breaks her hand by slamming it on a table, and then she breaks her ankle while she's out jogging. Sounds like she just has, like, an obsessive exercise problem. <laughs> this sounds like an adrenaline junkie to me, honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we learn about um, uh, Father Maginot had an injury later on where he was thinking about the house while he was on his bike, and then he fell off his bike. And a fair... <laughs> Oh, also, um, was it the house inspector or one of the other CPS people? Oh my God! Who got yes, cancer. Yes. Oh no! Yeah, yeah the yeah, house inspector, the um, guy who inspects properties for so hazardous materials, contracted is... a disease that's caused by hazardous materials. <laughs> wow! This was this is his list of ailments. Uh, a, a tree fell on his car. <laughs> that happens when you have storms in the Midwest. Uh, he choked in his sleep. That's sleep paralysis. Uh, and then the cancer diagnosis. Go figure. You're a house inspector. Um, this also the sergeant who we spoke to, the police sergeant, uh, fell, slipped and fell on some ice. Like both his legs went out from under him and landed on some ice. And, and then later was... got shot. Yeah, that's right. Which <laughs> all this, happens Zach, when you hear police are listing all this stuff specifically to build to this moment when yes. Mika calls him and is apparently unintelligible and talking about the police. And uh, we get to a really serious moment. Yeah. Um, so apparently her daughter attempted to kill herself. And um, and this is where it becomes kind of distasteful 
Well, actually, really distasteful Oof. and really just handling the situation in a really poor way. Um, her Mika just assumes that it's demons and uh, wants her daughter to be cleansed um, rather than, I mean, we don't know what else she's been doing for her, but there's like no mention of, you know, getting her th- therapy, getting her uh maybe on medication, getting hospitalization. her hospitalization, the proper, appropriate treatment for somebody who's just tried to kill themselves. And instead what we do is we bring this child who has just been released from the hospital mm-hmm. to Father Maginot's church so he can perform an exorcism one. Because her. apparently she like told her mom that she she was going to kill her. Like This is also to... when Zach mentions one of the crew members quits immediately. And yeah. maybe that was more of a, you know, sort of I'm out rather than this is too spooky. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm out. This movie sucks. What you're doing sucks. I would not like to work with you anymore. Yeah. Let's not take advantage of this situation. Also, I'd like to point out that blaming mental illness on demons Oof. is really just... That's a bad look. Just, I mean, the stigma against mental illness, like, you are not helping at all. It makes you demonic if you do that, basically. Right, exactly. And, and what a way to wallpaper over what what is probably a very serious issue Yeah. with, with a person. Yeah. Because you can just, if you believe in demons, you, can, you probably believe you can just go get exercised and that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than the lifelong struggle of actually living with mental illness. And having to work on it. Yeah. And 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 maybe your family also needs help too. Like maybe, maybe it's a situational scenario where where your environment is not healthy. We don't know. And and if you blame this type of stuff on demons, then is there really any help for your Are you family? Really going to be able to get any help if you just yeah. think it's demons? Um, I mean, they talk about a lot of they talk a lot of yay about this stuff, and it's just gross. Like the the priest does his fucking he does his spiel about Lord help this child and all that, and we hear a bunch of dumb stuff like how she she woke up with the number six engraved on her back, or she had wounds that resembled stigmata, which is which was actually, and I gotta I gotta put the brakes on right there. She did not have wounds that resembled stigmata. What they describe is that she attempted to stab herself in the wrists. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, how people kill, who will try yeah. to kill themselves. And that's yeah. a very serious thing. And he's trying to compare it to holes in the palms, which is what stigmata actually, like, with the, you know, crucifixion uh-huh. and everything. Uh-huh. So that felt like really, you oh, know, trying just... to paint a serious issue as something demonic in, in a really just be washed away. Way. Yeah, I did yeah. not like that at all. And, of course, because Zach Bagans is... Uh, uh, about as sensitive to this kind of issues as like a six-year-old, we then hear about oh. we then hear about the Constantinos and the tragedy that happened there. Apparently, Debbie Constantino was contacting Zach, doing EVP to try and get in contact with these spirits that lived here, and then the tragedy that we've already talked about occurred very, very shortly after that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Zach he, has to meditate on that and whatever. I want to. Th- I, I didn't think about this before when I was watching the movie, but. Um, for those who haven't seen it or, or done any timeline research, he bought this house in 2014. Is that right? Yeah. And he all these events take place uh, throughout uh, up to around 2016, I think, is when the lock-in takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I think it's just a list of all the bad stuff that happened to all these people over the course of two years. Yeah. Which yeah. sucks. Yeah, it does suck. But, but he's making it look like it's a week. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like this like this horrible hell week. Um Oh man, and that's not even it gets it gets deeper and stupider because he then goes to interview Oh. <sighs> Latoya's abusive ex-boyfriend. Which he didn't even ask to see. No, didn't ask about this. Just, again, extrapolates this man's information from, like, police records, which is holy Whoa. shit. Um, and apparently the... the uh, Zach has put together a narrative in which this man put a curse on Latoya's family... That could be linked to these demons. And this never comes up again, by the way. This no, is a 10 minute no. scene where he drives out. This guy refuses to talk to him and it's never mentioned again. And they j- just yep. fucking drop it. <laughs> this really, this whole movie seems like a fever dream. Like it is really just a failed investigation as Zach continues to have these scenes where nothing happens. And then he's just like, ah, I guess I'll put that one in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if you took all of the stuff that doesn't go anywhere out, it would be the exact same length as a regular Ghost Adventures episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Today, tonight, on a very special Ghost Adventures. Uh, the next character we meet is one of my favorite characters in the film, yes. Dr. Barry Taff. Oh, God. So we did some research on Dr. Taff. Um, okay, so... Oh, I'm off, so excited. He's First off, he is uh, introduced as having a PhD... In psychophysiology, doesn't say from where. Real thing. (laughs) (laughs) And a minor, I don't know, you could get a minor with a PhD, um, in biomedical engineering. Mm. And I didn't even know you could get a minor in biomedical engineering. It's just one book he has to read. I thought you could only get a minor in engineering or a minor in biology or a minor in chemistry but not biomedical engineering that seems remarkably specific that's very specific and something that you'd probably go to graduate school for but whatever seems like Um, an online degree (laughs) yeah um and apparently this these are his big credentials he worked in ucla's former parapsychology lab oh boy now when the word parapsychology comes out we know that's where the ghostbusters worked right before they got started (laughs) Right. Uh, he worked there from 1969 to 1978. And so I was like, whoa, hold, you know. That's a long hold, time. Hold, hold your horses there. Let me let me look this up. So apparently this lab was not a department. It was just a laboratory. It was also, out? <laughs> it was also not funded by the university. <laughs> and it was also not sanctioned by the university. <laughs> So, yeah. But they're just going to go ahead and attach that UCLA name onto it anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so he, he brings this dude in uh, who's very, he's got a very charismatic uh, personality. Barry seems likable, actually. Like, he seems like a kind of a fun guy. I just don't but trust like, any of his credentials. But, like, your, your fun uncle who also has a weird thing on the side where he goes to UFO conventions. Mm-hmm. Didn't he write some books about this stuff as well? Didn't he write a book about ghosts? I don't know. I did not catch I, I that. Thought I thought I wouldn't doubt that if you like sold me that. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he comes in with his equipment, which is mostly just a EMF detector. Oh, he Same does have ship. a geomagnetometer. 
Yes, I wrote it which out. is supposed to measure the magnetic field of the Earth. Uh, and now, now, I'd like to say the reason he brings the geomagnetometer is because he believes that if there is enough geomagnetic energy, uh-huh. it may cause false positives with regards to ghost sightings. Now, Cassie, we're, we're, Cass, we're kind of in your area of expertise, aren't yeah. we? You can tell yeah, us a little are. bit about this. This is this is all yeah. legitimate, I assume, above the board. Yeah, geo, geo, uh, a geomagnetic field is a real thing, and mm-hmm. uh, it's what makes our north and south magnetic poles, what makes your compass work. Um, and it mostly pops in and out of the earth at the poles and then kind of, uh, circular, it has like a, a perimeter around the earth. So it like comes out of one end and then goes back in the other. But the cool thing about it is the poles don't stay the same forever and they've actually oscillated over many, 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 many years. I read pretty a cool much article th- about this. Yeah, they could flip yeah. soon, right? Yeah, they could flip soon. We don't know when, but, um, and, and we don't really know how long it takes for it to completely flip. It's probably right the, now, the, dem- the devils and demons and the earth that do it. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. But this, these magnetic flips are actually recorded in the ocean floor, believe it or oh. not. Uh when the uh the the theory of plate tectonics got cemented in the 1960s, it was because of the military doing exploration on the sea floor. Isn't it because always? They, yeah, it's well, the military unfortunately and fortunately does a lot of uh, cool things that help science. Um, but they won't research ghosts. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are they hiding? <laughs> but uh, they use these magnetic type machines to uh, scan the sea floor and they found that the magnetic minerals in the sea floor would oscillate north and south and they mirrored each other from the center of the ocean floor outwards towards the continents and they found that uh, if you tested the age of the the rocks or if you knew the age of the rocks and you looked at the the magnetic reversals you could actually see which way the 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 poles, the polarity of, of the Earth at the time was, hmm. what direction it was in. It's really cool. But but it's probably not ghosts causing the switch. You can also, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm just one second. Let me finish my thought. You can also uh, examine uh, where continents were placed many, many millions of years ago by looking at their paleopoles in the rocks. Ooh. That's this cool. is all yeah. stuff that I'm imagining right now that Dr. Barry Taff has no idea about. Probably, yeah. And Zach obviously has absolutely, like for a ghost investigator, he should at least have limited knowledge on geomagnetism. Uh, basically he, anything, really. And the, the <laughs> fact that he said the geomagnetism in the ground just screams at me that he knows nothing about it because it's not, yes, it comes from the earth, but it also circulates around the yeah, earth. it surrounds like, it. And and the guy, Mr. Dr. Taff, actually corrected him with that, which I thought, okay, good job. <laughs> um, so during all of this, while Dr. Taff's using his EMF detector, Zach gets a headache and he starts having mood swings. And narrator's so action, he says that this is a warning sign of something that's later going on. Uh, Barry hypothesizes that Zach's body has become a capacitor for this ghost energy. Which, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, because he and he he comes to this conclusion by like moving the EMF detector towards and away from Zach, and it spikes when it's near Zach. Probably nothing to do with the microphone he's wearing he's or anything like that. He's saying it's like millions and millions of times higher than natural levels. Eight yeah, to eight to million. twelve million times higher than normal. Uh, so Zach 
has like like he said he had some mood swings here and at one point he begins to feel very aggressive towards Barry and he does this lunge. You mean Larry? No, Barry. Barry? Yeah. Wait, who's Barry? Dr. Taft. Oh, sorry. I keep forgetting his first name. He does this lunge toward Barry that... <laughs> this lunge is so funny. Where Max? I went in my head was the little dance that we see Corky St. Clair doing. Yeah, I was doing just going to say that! In the movie Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> have you ever seen Waiting for Guffman, I have Max? not. Oh, oh dude, it's, it's so, so good. good. It's about you've small done, community theater. Yeah, you've done community theater. You would love okay, Waiting for Okay, so Guffman. I have to look this one up, too. Got it. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, um so, th- this lunge is so funny because first of all, it's half a second long. Yeah. Um, it's real quick. He does spooky arms. Uh, yeah. yes, he like does. he's going to lunge at him and then yeah. immediately his hands go into his pockets. Like, and they cut away from this, <laughs> but you can see him putting his hands into his like upper jacket pockets and it's so yeah. good. Yeah, it is good. I wonder if that's like. What his parents told him to do when he thought he was when when he whenever he felt like he was gonna do a hit on people. Yeah, where do your hands go? In your pockets. <laughs> this is where things do get a little spooky for the guys doing the investigation. Um, Barry hears a dog, and then he starts to feel loopy. And while everybody's chilling out, Barry's kind of wandering around in the upstairs area. We do see a pretty spooky shadow in the film. That is titled being The Black Anomaly. The Black Anomaly. Mm-hmm. And in order to give this a lot of credibility, Zach interviewed a guy from NASA about it. Oh, hold on a second. It was Did... a guy who edited films for NASA. Oh, yeah. That okay. does not mean that he is a scientist. <laughs> I know because I know someone via LinkedIn who has the same exact job that that man had. <laughs> And he is not a scientist. He's but he, he is 100% sure that the black anomaly is not the cameraman's hand. And mm-hmm. they actually do kind of make a case for it. Yeah, they do. But I do love that the, the, the black anomaly occurs for seven frames. And we, we get mm-hmm. a really great moment where Zach on camera <laughs> counts each one out. And he goes one, <laughs> two, all the way up through seven. And it's just such a good moment. It is. After this, they posit uh, that the the whatever the anomaly was has entered the cameraman Adam, and, and we this see is where some... things get spooky. Mm-hmm. We see some security camera footage of Adam. Uh, he's looking at his hands. He slips into the basement unnoticed and gives a mean look at the security camera down there. And then we hear that apparently Adam has had a major reaction in the hotel. No, wait, wait, wait. first. The guys end up finding him lying on the floor in the basement. Oh, yeah. That's weird. Um, yeah, and, in the and bedroom. And he had a... Uh, no footage yeah, of this. And, right. And then later in... In the hotel, yeah. we learn that Adam is going through a lot of stuff. Like, apparently he's been vomiting with blood in it. Very serious thing. Screaming Zach's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even see footage of, of the guys in the hotel hallway kind of like at a loss of what to do as Adam is like storming up and down the hall, screaming at the ghost and, and goes screaming in and out at of the elevator. elevator. <laughs> yeah. Continuously going in and out of the elevator. And Zach just keeps pushing the button to open the door. <laughs> to like say hi to him. <laughs> uh, and at the same time, Dr. Taff is going through some stuff too. He actually ended up in the hospital. Yeah. Only having massive infections. Up. Yeah. Bleeding out both of his ears. Apparently he fell out of his mm-hmm. bed and, um, yeah, some serious stuff. 
And so, he calls it organ failure, although it sounds more like just massive infections all over his body. So let's, okay, blood in the vomit, blood in the mucous membranes. Let's come back to those symptoms. Confusion. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to those later. Um, Adam has a very intimate recording session with the boys in the hotel room. And this is one of those things where Adam asks them to stop filming, and they don't. They pretend yeah, to. Yeah, that seems like a violation. Yeah. They don't stop filming him. They just he... move the camera down below underneath the table so you can just see his crotch. Mm-hmm. I do and... like um, some of the things Adam says in the previous scene and this scene are very ghost adventures. Oh, um, yeah, dude. The yeah. line, if there's anything here, it's a bitch. <laughs> so good. It is very sh- uh, uh, chef kissing fingers. I mean, it's Do something better. <laughs> do something better than that. Um, Adam talks about how when he opened the door to the elevator, he saw the goat man. Wow, from the dream. And Zach has not told anyone about the goat man, he says. He says he has not told anyone about the goat man. I don't know if I believe that Zach Bagans would keep his mouth shut about something like that. I don't know if Zach can keep a secret about a ghost. Yeah. Now let's be real here. What Adam has experienced at least is very real to him. Yeah, he's freaked out. Like, he is very, very freaked out. He's seeing some things that are not, that are maybe not there. He's experiencing a lot of gastrointestinal stress. He is, he's feeling confused. Later, he leaves the production and Jay tells us that, Jay, who is his friend from before, tells us that his personality seems to have changed. So we're adding that to the list of symptoms, change in personality. Yeah. Um... Barry is like super bad condition in the hospital. Apparently his like his bladder, liver and prostate are infected. He continues to describe it as all of his organs shutting down at once. It sounds like just the three of them though. Yeah. He also, also does call it a life-changing experience. Yeah. Also, we never get any interviews with doctors or we never hear what hospital he's been put in. Not to discredit that he's in a hospital, but it would be helpful to know, like, did this happen? Let's just let's just establish some credibility. You know what I mean? Like, please give us a little credibility to latch on to here. Yeah, I I will note this is when we get the title of the movie, um, because Doctor Taft does call it the Demon House, and nobody else has called it. I don't that I don't think. Oh, okay. So either at this point, Zach knows what he's going to call his documentary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, or something we hear, else. We hear about uh, how everyone's doing. Um, apparently, Adam's behavior continues to be bad. Um, it he tells Zach to kill worse. himself. Yeah, by smashing a mirror and slitting his throat. Um, he ends up. Zach ends up moving, removing him from the the crew, um, just for his own safety, I guess. And then we get to, like, the grand finale. Oh, the grandest of finales. If you want to call it a finale. We are here. We are In Gary, Indiana, Zach Bagans is finally doing the lockdown. I was so excited for this because I thought this was going to be, like, a huge climax. Like, they were building to this so much. I know. I know. I thought Zach was going to get murdered by a ghost on Mm -hmm. camera for everyone to see. uh, Zach does have another classic line here, and he says... I know this sounds stupid. I'm just going to cut it off there. He does finish the sentence, but that's all. Yeah. I know this sounds well, stupid. Also, I love 
well, I don't love, but it's just, it's it's funny how whenever a lot of bad things are happening to a lot of people, apparently because of the stuff that he's doing, instead of stopping yeah, to protect he, people. He always continues to escalate. He always continues to escalate, and he apparently gives no shits about anyone else. So he's doing a very special lockdown procedure. Not only is he locking himself in, he is literally boarding up all the windows and doors With by screwing plywood. unbreakable plywood. <laughs> yeah and he demonstrates how secure it is by wiggling around like opening all the the blinds so you can see and then wiggling the little little uh porch door handle yeah <laughs> there's Somehow one thing this lock- we gotta talk about in terms of what they did to this house not just in 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 boarding it up with this weak plyboard but they also they bring a moving truck and they move furniture. Oh yes, God! Yeah. They put a bunch of fake ass like chairs and shit. They they in include the home. a TV, which is not hooked up, and a baby doll. A baby you doll, the baby and doll? A dresser. You know, for ambiance. Zach is like walking, pacing around in the house. He's alone during the lockdown, which he's not used to. So he's texting Jay, and he shows us that he's texting Jay, and that he is afraid to turn the lights out. Which, okay, how does that affect ghost hunting? Like, I don't think ghosts care about whether it's light or dark. To me, the lights would be an indicator if they start flickering or flashing or if they go out. Yeah. That's how you know the ghost is there. Or to be able to see shadows. Like, no. that's how shadows... No, gotta have that night how... vision camera. That's where that's where oh. a real horror film comes from. And, and he does turn on the night vision. He does eventually muster his courage to turn the lights off. Now, while he's recording a night vision, he hears a voice. Now, this is at four in the morning. This is at four in the morning. Nothing has happened the whole time. Yeah. So we've been eight hours in this home with nothing. Yeah. What has he been doing? Chilling. (laughs) Playing a lot of Candy Crush. Yeah. (laughs) He's got Um, a switch. I wonder if he whacked it off. I bet he does at every lockdown. That's <laughs> I was something about to fiction say, I I've just created. Tradition. <laughs> um, and so he hears this voice from outside, and because he is an unspeakably huge brain genius, he can't check to see whether there's people outside because he boarded up all the windows. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next part did creep me out a little bit because he hears footsteps, and that's odd. Mm-hmm. And then there's this like organic sounding noise that is really creepy that's creepy and he does Mm -hmm. react to that like whoa he yells you get away from me and then the camera goes out of focus Mm. very out of focus very out of focus like so badly out of focus you can't see anything and i'm thinking okay (laughs) okay why would this like, unless a ghost doesn't want you to see it, why would the camera go out of focus? And just in time for the camera to go out of focus, there's a mysterious shadow. A dark and mass. Zach freaks the fuck out and throws a pen. <laughs> <laughs> That'll kill it. Yeah. Um, And that's basically it for the lockdown. That's basically it for of- the movie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, really. Uh, Zach tells us that his eyes are now permanently fucked up because of this. And not just fucked up, but crossed. Yeah, yeah his eyes are his permanently eyes crossed. crossed. He has to wear special glasses now for the rest of his life. Because if they did the surgery, it might blind him. Yeah. 
Which I'm, I feel bad that I do he's feel got bad. That, that now. That, that sucks, sucks a lot. Although it is kind of funny that he's got crossed eyes. <laughs> Just Be- because of what Zach Bacon's has wrought in this world in his time yeah. on Earth, it is ironically funny that well, his it, because he's so obsessed up. with his image, his personal image. That's the only reason why I find it kind of funny, even though it is very unfortunate, <clears throat> not great. So they. So we already mentioned this at the beginning. Zach tears the house down. Like he brings in a big backhoe and they just knock the whole thing down. Um, And he talks about, you know, all of the people who've been hurt by the house and how the cops say that people still do satanic rituals on the lot. Also, earlier in the movie, they do mention that what if they destroy the house and it like lets the demons out? But Zach Mm -hmm. apparently doesn't remember this or doesn't care about it. Or just remembers it enough. He remembers it enough to include that bit at the end. That's true. So I guess he just doesn't care and wanted yeah. to destroy a house because he bought it. Yeah. And didn't yeah. need it anymore. Now, or maybe it's his way of continuing the pressure on the demons and trying to get them to be even more violent. Mm-hmm. And of course, like we said at the beginning, uh, he did keep some trophies because this is Zach Bagans and we don't really expect him to do any any better than that. <laughs> Uh, he, we see him sticking his hand in a big thing of dirt. Yeah, it looks and... like from, from the storage space that he's in, it looks like he has several buckets of this dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like one bucket of dirt could have done it, but. Yeah. But that's, this is Zach Bagans we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that's about it. He leaves us with the parting words of this film, which do not sound, he is, he does not intone these words in a way that gives you any indication that they're the last thing you're about to hear (laughs) before the credits roll, but they are. And he says, now I know this place is cursed. Oh, I think he says this story is cursed. Oh yes. This story is cursed. So now we're cursed and you might be cursed too. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you do get a little bit. Of like secondhand cursing, so listening like, to a podcast where people talk about the movie. So what is the like? <laughs> six like inception. De- what is the like six degrees of Kevin Bacon on this? Like, is the curse going to be extremely diluted for all of the people that listen to this? Oh yeah, if you listen to this episode of Insanely Haunted, you're probably going to get like a slight cramp, or you're going to hit your funny bone weird tomorrow. But <laughs> it'll be there. It's going to happen. Yeah. So I wanted to brief. Now that the film is over, first of all, Max, what are what do you what do you think of this movie? How, what's your What's your rating here? I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm giving it a lower rating. I'm giving it, um, like a point six, uh, of a Ghost Adventures episode. Okay. Yeah, like any is, it, other Ghost Adventures episode would be better. Yeah. In yeah, terms this should of not have, Ghostitude. There's yeah. no reason this should be ninety minutes long. It's. I really it, think it this whole thing is a sunk cost fallacy, where Zach. Like, just on a whim, dropped 35 Gs on a house mm-hmm. and, and had to make a profit. he needed to recoup that. Yeah. He absolutely had to find a way to m- turn that into making money. Oh, he probably... No. Never mind. Okay. I was going to say, maybe he he wanted insurance money, but no, he did that on... He obviously did that on purpose. Yeah, he did film it. himself tearing the house down. Yeah. Probably spreading asbestos <laughs> everywhere. Although, if anybody can get ghost insurance, it's probably Zach Baggins. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So I wanted to, to, so remember we were talking about the symptoms that uh, Adam and uh, Dr. Taff experienced. Yeah, time for theories. Um, irrit- oh, wait. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Sorry, Irrit- mucous membrane irritation with bleeding, uh, nausea, bleeding in the stomach, confusion, changes in personality, permanent damages to the eyes. So let's let's talk about black mold first. Okay. And then we can talk about mercury oxide. Well, I was going to then... say that since I'd already said all this stuff, oh, okay. that you could just let me finish. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, yikes. Um. So all of those symptoms are associated with mercurial with mercury oxide, which is a particulate matter formed by rusting mercury. Huh. Um, all of Never these symptoms of are associated with mercury poisoning, like specifically changes in personality, blood in the stomach, permanent damage to the eyes. You become a mad hatter. I mean, yeah, pretty much. And we looked this up, and it turns out Gary, Indiana is right on Lake Michigan. Um, it's basically East Chicago. This house is literally like 10 minutes away from the coast. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that there's a lot of industrial, uh, manufacturing going on in Gary. And a lot of those companies, including BP, were just sort of dumping mercury into Lake Michigan. What the hell? And the the source that I read here from, I want to say the Chicago Sun-Times. Let me have a look. Yeah, no, the Chicago Tribune was talking about how if BP were to dump the mercury in a way that was legal in compliance with toxicity standards, it would have taken them 25 years to dump the amount of mercury that they dumped in one year. Oh, yikes. So a tremendous amount of mercury is going into the water of Lake Michigan uh, and therefore, you can assume that it's going into the aquifers around the area, leaching into the groundwaters. Because that happens. That's actually That's, happening that happens with, quite uh, often. with um, assuming, and I haven't looked too far into it, assuming that uh, Gary, Indiana gets their groundwater from an aquifer, a, a layer of, of ground under underground that, that has flowing water. Um, Long Island, New York has actually had problems. When, when, whenever you suck water out of your aquifer, it creates a suction, sucking action to any water outside that mm. that vicinity. So, like Long Island, New York, is actually getting salinity issues in their groundwater because since they're sucking up all their fresh water in their aquifer, seawater is actually getting sucked into. Yeah. So this is a thing that actually happens in real life: is as you use up water, other water will come to replace. The water that you just sucked up, just like if you put a straw on the ground and started sucking it. And then you drink their milkshake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their mercury milk. milkshake. So that's a pretty solid theory, actually. Yeah. Um, and what were the symptoms associated with it? With mercury? Yeah. Uh, permanent eye damage. Nausea, vomiting with bloody vomit. Um, blood in the mucosal membranes of the ear, nose, and throat. And uh, changes blinds. in person. Changes of <laughs> oily blinds, changes of personality, <laughs> notably also hallucinations and psychosis. Yeah. Huh. Um, on to the black mold symptoms, which they do have in their house. Confirmed black mold exists in this home. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. So this is from, yeah. So apparently black mold symptoms uh, include, these are the mild ones. Uh, chronic coughing and sneezing, irritation to the eyes, mucous membranes of the nose and throat, rashes, chronic fatigue, and persistent headaches. But if it's more severe, uh, you can get um, nausea, vomiting, and bleeding in the lungs and nose. Um, 
Then I also looked up uh, in 2017, so this was just recently. Uh, this is also in the Chicago Tribune. Um, apparently the EPA warned, uh, gave out a warning that the lead content in the water in East Chicago was dangerously high. Um, so that's another uh, issue. And lead poisoning has major cognitive effects. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aggression especially. Yeah. And then there was one more thing. Demons, real actual demons that may have, uh, you know, caused those sort of issues. Yeah, they uh, they they dug up uh, Baphomet. Uh, he was just in the ground and hanging he was out. Just underneath the fingernail and underwear. Oh man. They had dug just a few feet deeper. Aha, chromium six. Ah. So chromium six. Um, that sounds like some CIA nonsense. Yeah, apparently chromium six has also been a problem in that area. And um, it causes cancer. It's called the Aaron Brockovich uh, chemical because apparently it's like the same thing that she had in that story. So there's a lot of possible, like, actual harmful chemical like, like concerns. Like normal, reasonable explanations for this kind of stuff that's happening in and around this home. Oh, and then there's also uh, what could also be another thing. What was the... The gas I was talking about, radon, radon, radon poisoning that can oh, be yeah, cancer that's a too. Real thing too. Yeah, and that that is common in in uh, basements. So look, we're not experts, and we don't claim to know everything about this case, but it does seem that there's enough reasonable evidence to say that there are non-ghost things happening. And I want to call Zach out for this specifically because. About halfway through the film, he stops and says, like, maybe this is a hoax. And he calls about the mold. And they specifically say, yeah, mold could be a cause of some of this stuff. And then Zach just sort of ignores that and moves forward. Yep. In classic, classic Zach fashion. He's focused on the ghosts. Yeah. He's got that. Well, you know. Um, He's got ghost when... blinders on. When every, when all you have is a hammer, <laughs> every problem looks like a ghost. And I guess that's about it. Yeah. We've covered this whole film, so now you don't have to watch it. And guess what? Uh, we saved you about 20 minutes, so... <laughs> yeah. Really, just go watch any episode of Ghost Adventures and have a good time. Have a better time than you will have watching this movie. Man, this movie sucked. Yeah. This, this, this was a real bummer. Yeah. Well, uh, regardless, thank you for listening to this show, and thank you, Max, yeah, for coming you, on. Max. Oh, it was a pleasure. Anytime. I love Insanely Haunted. Awesome. I love ghosts, and I love ragging on Zach Baggins. Us Nobody well. deserves it more than him. Yeah. <laughs> also, did you notice he didn't like acknowledge any of his crewmates, like nope. give, give their names like at all when the show started? Oh, like he usually sucks. does. Like he usually introduces everyone. Yeah, that's Not right. This time. And there's like little to no, uh, like this is the content Zach with them. Show. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, it, as always, if you really like our show, the best way you can help us out is by leaving a review. Reviews really help uh, because it helps other people who like Ghost Adventures find us. Mm -hmm. um, you can also go to uh, bit.ly/spiritcash if you'd like to leave us a tip in our tip jar, uh, and. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Insanely Haunted Ghost Adventures Podcast. That's where we post uh, all our updates. You can leave uh, recommendations for episodes you'd like to see. 
and that sort of thing. We have an email address, insanelyhauntedpodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. and a website, insanelyhaunted.com. Is it insanelyhauntedpodcast.com? No, it's just insanelyhaunted.com. Okay. I don't know. I, <laughs> just a reminder to support and visit your state and national parks and monuments. Yes. And, uh, and don't ask them about ghosts. Please don't bother the rangers about ghosts. <laughs> they don't have time for that. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today, folks. Uh, I'd like to say thanks one more time for listening. And as always, my name is Max. I'm Cassie, and I have Lydia on my lap as usual. I'm also Max, Max Kostrak. And you just heard... A Class A EVP.